Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you after game three of the NBA Finals 2023 between the Heat and the Nuggets. Uh, we had a different kind of game this time. It was not down to the wire like we've been accustomed to. And uh, as always, I'm joined by Andrew Combo Sella uh, to discuss everything and everything. Combo, what's going on, my man? New York City was crazy today. It looked like Armageddon, the, acopo- the apocalypse, the twilight zone, all in one because of the wildfires in Canada. The smoke was coming down here, and it looked absolutely ridiculous. Did you did you see any of the photos or the videos? No. I, I was under the impression it was hard to breathe, and that, that made sense to me. But what was so different about the look of the place? Oh, it just looked like smoke everywhere. And then there was this, like, orangish smoke in the sky. Then, like, it just looked crazy, and the moon was orange, and... It it just, it was like, it really looked like Armageddon. Yeah. Well, that's nothing. In LA, when we had the wildfires all the time, we get that orangey glow to everything. Uh, And we, when we had the wildfires near like the 405, there's that famous footage from a couple of years ago, driving through the mountains. And it's, it's not even mountains. It's in the middle of the city, but um, just fire. You're going through fire. It looked like hell. It was amazing um, and scary. So I I feel you. I know that's like, I certainly know what it's like to have a, a rough air quality. It sounds like all the way across to like Chicago uh, was really rough air quality in every state in between. So um, hopefully we'll get some rain. Hopefully we'll get some, you know, the wind will pick up and, and clear that off. But I think uh, it's time to talk about the game though. Um, Christian Braun, uh, Brown, excuse me. God darn it. Um, have you heard of this nickname though? Uh, I, I saw this. And then um, on the, my, on the political list, I have one of those pundits was saying they, here's, they spelled it. B-R-A-U-N. T-A-U-N. Now, the T-A-U-N is like, you, are you are you a Star Wars guy at all? Mm-mm. Okay, so do you know what a Tauntaun is? Mm-mm. So a Tauntaun is the thing they ride when they're on the ice uh, planet of Hoth, you know, and they had to slice one open and shove Luke in there when he was going to die. Anyway, uh, I'm assuming they're trying to do some sort of, sort of thing about Brontaun, even though we call it, his name is Brown, but it's spelled Braun. Anybody in the comments, you want to help me figure this one out? Because I hadn't heard about it, but someone yelled at me saying that that is what they've been using for a little while. I hadn't heard that. But uh, Bronton, uh, Tauntaun, which unfortunately you don't even get. But look it up next, you know, when, when we're done. You'll see it on YouTube. I'll have some clips, I'm sure. Uh, but who, who would have thought? I, I guess I would have thought, right? We saw evidence of what he did in the last game as well. So what, did you, what was your reaction to his game? Yeah, it's just amazing minutes from a rookie you know, and he's been doing this, maybe not at this level offensively, but he's been a strong defensive force throughout the whole playoffs. And he looks very comfortable out there. You know, in Kansas, he showed even more than what he shows in the NBA. I mean, it's pretty obvious why, because you got Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic doing so much. But I think going forward, we could see even more of a progression from his game because he's so comfortable in these finals and playoff minutes. And he showed in college, there's even more that he could do. What, what else have you seen in college that he could do? I mean, he could handle the ball. He could shoot it a little more. He could create for himself a little more. He could set up offense and game manage a little bit more. So, obviously, all that is, you know, the responsibility of all of that is with Jokic and Murray on this team. Like, I like to call it decentralized offense because it is, and I think Miami and Denver do play that style. But on Denver specifically, it does feel like everything runs through Jamal Murray and Jokic. Maybe in the regular season, Aaron Gordon and um, Bruce Brown brought the basketball up a little bit more. But in the finals, I think it's more narrowed down to um, Murray and Jokic. And I think Braun going forward, you know, he could be that backup point guard, especially if, you know, um, and initiate more offense, especially if Brown is out of there because he might get some big money on the market. 
the other brown, yeah, well, the other brown, yeah. you know. Brown. Well, we got to talk about it. It's not brown. It's brown. So in case, but, but it's easier to maybe differentiate between Bruce yeah. Brown if we say brown, but it's brown. Uh, yeah. And I looked it up in Kansas last year. He did shoot uh, 30, almost 39% from three, and he took 132 in 40 games. So that's a, that's that's not a small sample size in, in you know, basically, at, in, you know, at, as his third year at Kansas. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it's funny when you to get on the floor as a rookie uh, on, a, on a championship team. Yeah, you got to do anything you can and all the little things. So defensively, he's, he reads passing lanes so well, right? That, uh, and it's funny because a lot of times you'll see guys do that when they have a really elite rim protector because they know if they get beat or they get out of position, he's there, there to back them up. And, you know, I don't really think that we could say Jokic is that way. Um, what Jokic is good at, by the way, is the swiping stuff. He, he'll swipe early as you're on their way up and, and less of like the contest in the air and knocking shots out of the way. Uh, and that is also an irritant and causes misses as well. So I, he's found a way to be effective. And then certainly Brown is just like is just um, uh, torturing the Heat offense right now, the way he's uh, explosively, you know, uh, getting in the way on defense. Uh, and then on top of that, yeah, his finishing and all that stuff at the, at the basket was terrific uh, and probably was the X factor. Do you feel like rookies come more NBA ready and more playoff ready than ever before? Or do you feel like they just get more opportunity now in the modern era? Well, listen, a three-year rookie certainly does. Or a guy who played three years in college comes in a lot ready. Uh, the, the, the one and dones are still generally uh, behind, right? Uh, you know, the only ones we see that come in also rookie-wise would be like the yearly, like Luca, a good example of that, he could come right in um, at, a, at 18, wherever he was, with all that well, experience. You see, I mean, you see like Scotty Barnes and Cade Cunningham and Keegan Murray and, you know, Tyrese Halliburton. These guys are like on the defensive side of the ball. They already feel like they could get it down really early when usually rookies have issues with defense early, especially okay. With, okay. With, team, yeah. with team concepts. Certainly, defensively, yes. If, if they already kind of have that mindset and they have those skills, that would probably be the easiest way to to, um, to translate to the pro game and like you know that kind of energy they bring uh, and 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 vision of the court on defense. So okay, I can see that um, for the most part. But yeah, again, nothing can replace just like multiple years in college, uh, especially at a good program. Kansas is definitely one of those programs. Uh, as far as I, as, you know, I don't watch college enough, but I certainly understand that Bill Self um, is one of those guys that knows how to. Uh, to prepare his guys. It's an interesting uh, concept. I don't know if we want to go into exactly right now, but um, a lot of times when we're talking about development of players in college, you'll hear people say they're only there to win. They're, they're not there to get their players prepared for the NBA. And I'm like, why are those two things different? <laughs> there is no, there's no reason why you wouldn't be doing individual skill and developing their, their, those, 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 those skills in a varied way so that it helped you in college too. And the only reason why you think that you wouldn't do that because you're the only there to win is because you don't know how to teach those things and you don't want to like waste time doing something you don't know how to do. I think is basically what they're saying to me. Yeah. I think part of it is that they're completely different sports. So what makes you good in college basketball might not translate to the NBA. That might be part of it, but I totally agree with you that they need to do a better job of developing players for the pros and I know some people would say, like, most of the players aren't even going to go pro, right? So, why, like, even, like, maybe, like, the college basketball diehards. But I think, like, you know, part of the reason why our MVPs have been international players is because they have a better farm system in some ways because the rules translate from the youth level, you know, to the college age level. And once you're college age level, you're already a pro over there, you know, to the pro level. So, it's just a different way we uh, teach here. And I definitely think we need to do a better job of skill development at the college level. 
Absolutely. And and it, it's not even like, you know, um, it's a different game. I don't buy that at all because the skills that you would need in the pro, you know, are the skills you would need in the college. There doesn't seem to me any reason why you wouldn't want to develop your floater game and your three-point shot and your ball handling and your passing. Like all those things that you would then need as a varied player to be in the NBA, you would be you should be developing. And I got listen, I've had the you know, D1 players crying on my shoulder with horrible stories of what these coaches are trying to make them do to, in the, under the guise of like, you know, skill development. It's frightening 25, 30 years behind the times. So, um, you know, this is, this is what they, you know, need to develop better. Some of the places are doing it. Some of the smaller and mid majors are doing that because they don't have the elite athletic talent. They have to do something else. So it'll start creeping in. Eventually, if I have my say, more of this influence will be out there for everybody else to develop as well. And, you know, all the, all the sort of modern techniques we've been de developing the last 10 years. Um, and then, you know, as you, as you see these head coaches who are all 50 or 60 years old, they're not like going to um, clinics and listening to anybody else or like going to these cutting edge things and seeing stuff. They're just doing what they've been doing for 30 years. And it's, it doesn't work, um, especially in the modern game. So you might be feeling run down and low energy these days. Sometimes it's as simple as getting proper hydration and nutrition, which is exactly what you'll get with factor. They'll deliver fresh, never frozen dietitian approved meals right to your door. I've got experience with this sort of thing. And let me tell you, factors meals are the best I've ever tasted and the absolute easiest to prepare. Literally put their tray in the microwave for two minutes and eat. This turkey, chili, and zucchini was terrific. And I love that there's no mess once you're finished. Meal plans range from four to 18 meals per week with choices like keto, calorie smart, chef's choice, and vegan and veggie. These meals are so much better than ordering in. Plus they're healthy, filling, and make life so much easier for me. I can enjoy a garlic and herb chicken breast during halftime of game five and won't miss any of the action. Head to factormeals.com slash bball50 and use code bball50 to get 50% off your first box. And while I also loved HelloFresh's meals in the past, Factor is now owned by them and gives you even more excellent choices for fresh, great tasting meals delivered right to your door. That's code bball50 at factormeals.com slash bball50 to get 50% off your first box. But let's get to some super chats because, again, if you want a question of, uh, to be answered, the best way to do that is to do a super chat on YouTube. It really helps us keep the show going. I can't thank you guys enough. We'll put your name and lights on the screen, and we'll give you a lot of love. And um, we have a bunch to get get to. So what do you say, Combo? Let's do it. All right. We got Barth 3400. All of a sudden, the best friend of the breakdown. Thank you so much, Barth, from Canada. So how Denver stop Miami's pocket passes to BAM? Okay. This is interesting. Did you notice in the very beginning of the game they, they went right to all the good stuff from Bam on the on the uh, on the perimeter? Yes. So they were they were watching. They they well listen. They we were watching the same footage. We're all watching the same stuff, right? So it's not like I'm you know have you know uh, X-ray vision. We're we're seeing the same things. Um, now what's interesting is is you know Spolster's like okay we've set them up we, we we're not going to run into the second half so now we're going to do it right away and guess what it worked right they were they were scoring well uh bam was getting the ball touches on the top of the key and then on the, on the high post and there's getting some of that the pocket pass stuff so that was really working so then um the, the the only way it stops in my mind is when the heat don't run it when the heat don't get bam up it's very strange how uh the, the moment overwhelms them perhaps and they just they you know they get down 10 12 points oh no and it kind of starts to fall apart when they really just need to stick to that more um, I can't picture in the second half one really good pocket pass, one really good sprint into a catch up, a handoff, and then quick look and then quick drop. Can you picture one in the second half? 
Not that I recall. No, it's weird. Now, um, maybe I gave him too much credit, but but all I can tell you is when I see a game plan like that, and by the way, I used it on Twitter. I, I referenced this. I think maybe you saw it. Um, you know, when I ran the triangle offense, the corner option was so good. How good was it? It was so good that we would save it until like the fourth quarter. I had to tell him like, because, you know, when you run the triangle, it's all free flow. You have like basically the four options, either the low post, top of the key, uh, flashing uh, across the middle or the corner. And we would we would we'd say don't throw it to the corner, especially against zone, because it really works against zone. We didn't want him to see it, get used to it. Um, so we would do that in the high school level. So I, I'm sure that Spolster was doing this as well. They were just some gamesmanship, knowing that he's, you know, shorthanded and uh, out um, talented. Like they, they need to uh, do some things with smoke and mirrors. Um, so they switched it up, though, but then they ran a bullets, I guess. And, and then, you know, the bottom line here is, is, is once they get down by 10, 12, it just gets shaky. Uh, they're looking for spread. They're looking for some threes. Um, and they just lost their way. It's weird. Uh, that's one of those rare t- times. I would have thought that they would have, uh, like in one of those timeouts, they had a call of the number of uh, n- numerous ones. Spool would have been like, get your ass on that elbow, throw it to him, and let's do some of the good stuff there. It's, it's bizarre. It just disappeared. So this is a great question by Barth. Um, how do you feel like Denver went with their adjustments for this game. Like what were the biggest adjustments on the offensive side? And to Bart's question, what do you feel like the the biggest adjustments were on the defensive side? Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I don't know if Denver had any adjustments to that because honestly to run the ball to bam on the top of the key or the high post, you can't stop that. Right. He's going to get the ball there. If you want to get the ball there, that's the beauty of the play, right? You can, you know, you can always get that kind of like you can always get a post up for, you know, uh, Jokic if you want to. So, um, you know, now you could be a little more physical with him earlier. He makes those catches higher. Like, so it's the elbow. It's now above the three point line that changes the spacing and stuff. And that, that is, is helpful. Um, I did feel like they weren't, um, well, that's another side of the, of the ball. So, you know, I, I'll have to go through it again. Did you see anything else defensively that Denver might've done? Uh, you know, nothing really stood out to me. And I thought Malone spent a lot of the time until they got the big separation frustrated <laughs> by a lot yeah. of it. You definitely see um, Spo trying different things on a different level than Michael Malone. Michael Malone's offense and defense seems a little bit more consistent. I know he was upset with their effort second game, but the effort was definitely there tonight. And you saw that with Brown and Jokic and Jamal Murray. Another question I have for you is, do you feel that Jokic and Murray have been the two best players in this series? Okay, well, Jokic by far is there's just no answer. They have no answer. He's too good. So it's between, okay. so it's between Bam and Jamal, right? Probably. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think, um, cause it's not Butler. Butler does not look good to me. I think he's right. hurt. I think he's hurt. And, and you keep seeing him like sort of exhausted and tired and like just something's wrong. And I don't, did he, did he have an ankle injury that I'm forgetting now before? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had to sit out a game in New, in New York, I think. All right. So that was, yeah. Listen, my mind is, my mind is mush. That was two series ago, but yes, yeah. uh, something happened. He is hurt. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go down swinging on that one. There's something And I, by the way, cause I did catch, I went through some of their out of bounds plays uh, earlier in the playoffs and to see him explode like he was, you know, a week or two or three weeks ago compared to now it's, it's night and day. So there's something up with him. It's too bad, but it's also the thing that happens. Jimmy gets hurt a lot uh, the way he plays, I guess. I don't know. Um, But, um, but that's so, yeah. So I think you have to to say Murray is the second best player too. So they're, they're getting so much mileage out of their top two that it's, there's just, it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, like if those two guys are the two best players in the series and then, you just have more talent depth as well. It's 
It's just tough. Yeah. It's just it's, it's really tough. tough for Miami. I mean, we've been saying this the whole time, and they keep proving everybody wrong. But you know, eventually, I mean, they just ran into this tough Denver Nuggets offense. Well, let's keep going. We got a lot of the super chats to get to, so hopefully we can get them. Sorry that's taking a little extra time here, but the Drew Show. We love Drew. Thank you so much uh, for that. The really generous super chat. Wow. Um, KCP didn't play the entire fourth quarter. He did start, but Green and others got his minutes. Parker got sat for Speedy against the Nets and got sat for Brent Berry against the Pistons in crunch time. So Tony Parker, um, Speedy Claxton against the Nets, I suppose. Wait, wait. Is that what he's talking about? Because now we're getting into Brent Berry territory. So that's we're talking about the the um, wait. Did the the Pistons and the uh, now I'm trying to remember the finals between the Pistons and the Spurs. Was that the um, is that what we're talking about? I'm a little. I'm trying to figure it all out. Brent Berry against the Pistons in crunch time would have been the Nets. All right, I can't even figure it out. Maybe he'll have to tell us in the comments. I guess. Now. I guess the big point is that KCP didn't play in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? He killed them in Game Two with those terrible fouls. Three of them, uh, two for three point shots, and one that was uh, in the bonus on a on a coming off of a handoff. Um, and he did hit a couple shots, and I, I can see in my mind's eye he was fine. But he also was a little bit like it, I felt like I kept seeing um, his teammates kind of upset with him, or like trying to get him to move or do stuff. And then I would also watch him in transition back to offense, and it just something seemed up with him. He might be banged up too. I don't know. Uh, we'll keep our eye on that because KCP is a, a champion and a winner and a guy you'd want out there. Um, but then again, as they got that run in separation, you know, Malone's going to be like, I don't want to touch this. This is going nicely. So a lot of times, sometimes, it, you know, the, the odd man out would be, you know, uh, KCP who didn't get his, his last run in. Because I'm sure he gets that one stretch in the fourth we didn't get. So um, yeah. I don't know. Are we going to try? Th- we, we know it's Speedy Claxton. No, Speedy, not Speedy. Wait. Is Speedy, Speedy Claxton, Claxton is Speedy Claxton is now the coach of at Hofstra. Oh, look at you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so against the Nets and got sat for Brent Berry against the Pistons in crunch time. So, so, okay. so I mean, yeah, I mean, Denver did have to do a better job of being disciplined on defense after that second game because, and also Bruce Brown had one today where they're fouling three point shooters. Like they really got to be careful with that moving forward. But um, that was, that was an issue in game two. Yeah. Yeah. And he's talking about an Easter conference. All right. I now got to find like what Brent Berry. Well, he could, he, he could comment, right? He could comment and let us know. Right. Yeah, he'll have to comment because now we're talking about it. And you're talking about 15 years ago, right? Uh, at least in a way that, um, man, I can't remember 15 minutes ago. But okay, well, anyway, great point though. Uh, and that's what that's what you do as a coach. You know, a lot of times you just stay out of the way. Don't do anything, right? It's working. Don't feel yeah. like you got to keep thinking. And that's what they did. And they, Over, you know, listen, don't yeah. overcoach pretty much, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to yeah. the next one here. Joshua Anderson, thank you so much for the generous super chat. We really appreciate it. I think this might be your first. I don't recognize. It doesn't say it's your first, but thank you so much either way. Uh, the Nuggets are better with Brown and Brown over MPJ and KCP. I don't like their effort complaining to my friends about KCP and MPJ since game one. Without question, Porter Jr. is killing him, especially defensively. Now, he was great in game one in that first half, but he's getting lost. He's not helped. He's not rotating properly. They're not switching right with him. Um, it's a problem that you can hope you would have hoped they would have cleaned some stuff up in the long break that we had before tonight's game. But um, I don't know, man. It's the thing that's, that's been his Achilles heel the whole time. Uh, he, he just he needs to get better. And not even, like, be amazing. He just needs to get competent on there where he's not getting burned so much. Um, it was, I was frustrated uh, in the first half watching uh, Porter Jr. play on defense. I mean, since the bubble days, his defense has gotten a lot better in terms of defensive awareness. There has been a lapse in this series. 
I would say is like you have to give him major minutes because you never know when he could win you a game and just catch fire. Like there's been games throughout the course of this year where he won't play good for three quarters and just explode like more than any of these other players we're mentioning can, right? He just, his um, ceiling is just tremendous. Like, and he's a very talented guy that you have to have on the floor because you never know when he could win you a game. Uh, yeah, that's true. And, and by the way, it's an embarrassment of riches, right? They, I mean, to, to, to think that you want to bring him, you know, or not play him because you got uh, other guys who are playing well uh, is crazy. You know, you get, you're going to get the kind of uh, production out of Brown and both Browns, by the way, uh, then you're, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah. And to Joshua's point, I mean, defensively, Brown and Brown, they do fit with Jokic and um, Murray very nicely because they're versatile defenders. I mean, Brown is playing small ball five with the Nets. Obviously, he was guarding guards. And Brown is strong enough to guard multiple positions. I mean, Braun, Braun Brown is strong Brown, enough to guard. Brown, Brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Braun, Braun. Yeah, um, Brown, Brown is strong enough to guard multiple positions. Absolutely. Um, I had a point to make there, and I forgot it because I'm busy scrolling. But, okay, uh, let's get to the next one. Drew Sh- Oh, I know. I was looking back. I had started to scroll to the bottom to see who they were talking about. Spurs versus Pistons. It was Spurs. So I was right. But um, – Spurs, okay, gosh, Spurs and the Pistons played in 05. I, I can't even remember that. Uh, that was in the dark ages of, uh, of my watching. I think, you know, I had a little bit of a, of, of a gap in my NBA knowledge, believe it or not, when um, after around, let's see, what year would that have been? After the Lakers three-peat and then they lost the, the Pistons in 04, I kind of lost track of the NBA for a few years in there until about 08. So I missed some of the best parts of uh, seven seconds or less, believe it or not. I better try and catch up later. So that was that era. Nonetheless. Um, all right. Where do we leave off here with the super chats? we got so many to get to. Um, was there, was there, you said there was a specific reason for that. For what? For why you didn't watch that era too much. Well, I was living in LA and my, and my wife's family, they're all big Lakers fans and they had like season tickets, whatever. And, and so we were all, you know, coalesced around watching that. And plus Phil Jackson was the coach who was, you know, from the triangle days when I was a triangle or as I was a triangle coach, even then. Um, And so he left. um, And I don't know, I think life hit me and I was just, I I started, you know, working a different job and just, uh, you know, lost connection with the NBA. It was weird. Um, Yeah. It's uh, like, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. I just did, didn't really get it back until probably when Phil came back to the Lakers um, in around, what was it, 08 or something like that. And that got me kind of back in, involved in it. So weird. Yeah. I got some hazy days from my time overseas because of the time difference. So, uh, you oh, know what I mean? It's like, yeah. You're busy. Yeah. Well, the Drew Show, thank you so much, Drew. Uh, again, uh, doesn't mean that KPJ is a terrible player. Uh, these are just not his playoffs. Parker was a finals MVP when it was his time. That's yeah, another great point. Exactly. And that's what, it, that's, that's what makes a great winning team is that you're willing to, um, you know, uh, sacrifice, you know? So Brown, oh, I know the point I was going to make was Brown fits really well. The Braun Brown fits really well uh, and, and would fit even better if he could really be a reliable three-point shooter. Those He'll have corner threes for days. He missed one off the side of the backboard. And, you know, already we see that there was evidence he was a really good shooter his last year in Kansas. So, we got to get that going. And we, that's the one thing I think we see from rookies sometimes is uh, it just takes a while to adjust to the speed uh, for your jump shot. And once you do and, uh, a year later or whatever, they get some more reps, uh, they'll start making that in a lot more competently. Cause I don't think his uh, three point percentage is very good. If you check, do you know what it is off the top of your head? Well, well, no, but and the length of the line is a difference too, you know, Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. 
um, you know, I always kind of liked the fact that's a little bit deeper and then it just felt like you can really release it. He was actually at 35% this year, but he didn't take uh, that many. He took, uh, you know, a little over one a game. Um, so, you know, that, that's the, that's an area that's going to explode for him. I think he's going to end up becoming a much higher, uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll get closer to 38, 39, you know, 40%, especially because of the, the shots they're going to get are going to be high quality threes, uh, catch and shoot wide open. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll see, uh, Reggie Jackson. Did we say Reggie Jackson was going to, you know, make an impact at some point? Did we yes, call we that did. out? Yeah. I, or I was really talking to somebody yeah. else. This is ridiculous here. Maybe when Chris was on the show last time, I, Chris, if you're out there, come on. Um, maybe that was what it was when it's like Reggie Jackson is on their bench and can't get off their bench. You know, he can barely get a minute in, the, in any of these games. Reggie Jackson's good. You know, Most, good. a lot of teams would take him and have him, you know, on their team and, and he's he a, contributed. A lot. He's, so, a start, um, he's a starting, he's a, he's a starting level NBA player. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so, and he's going to get a ring. It looks like so anyhow. Um, all right, let's get to the next one here. Daryl Wallace. Thank you so much, Daryl. Really, really just so um, generous of you. I can't believe it. And definitely a best friend of the breakdown. Uh, Daryl asks or says, people were saying that Eric Spolster limited Denver by making Jokic score, but could Denver's approach be to make Bam out of bio score? Kid isn't known for offense and Jokic ate his lunch tonight. Well, what's weird is that they don't really offer any help. So, you know, to let to let Jokic score. And by the way, it looked pretty clear to me tonight. Did it look like that to you? They, Jokic was having multiple dribble isos in the paint, and no one was coming really to help. A little stunt, a little dig, a little bit, but not much. The guy that they were keying on I thought was interesting was Murray. They were blasting him in a lot of the pick and rolls, found it, finding a little success in there. Um, but I think Murray figured it out pretty quick. But let's get back to the Spolster point. Um, is it, you saw that, right? How did you see them defending uh, Adebayo? I really wanted to talk to you about how, you know, Spolstra limited Denver by making Jokic a score. And when, what are your thoughts on the way Spo answered that question from Ramona Shelburne? Oh, okay. Uh, well, let's, let's get to that. Um, I, I actually, I, even, I reached out and to, in case, you know, I told her so that, uh, that was a perfectly fine question. And, um, I think Spolstra wanted to end the, the press conference two questions earlier than that because it was going a little long than normal. So I think he was already annoyed with that. And so as the question comes in, and I think whatever he heard must have sounded a little bit off to him, like they, they were trying to make it like a dig on Jokic. He, there was some misunderstanding there and a frustration level with him wanting to be done with it earlier. So I think that's what added to the fact that he said something weird, which was like, of course, you can make somebody into a score and, and then not help off. And of course, I suppose he doesn't want to give any of the uh, strategy away. So he didn't want to talk about it. But I, I thought his reaction and the tone was was not not was not necessary at all. I think he has to realize that when he's talking to the media, he's not talking to an assistant coach and the basketball conversations are not going to be as high level. I think people have that issue sometimes, you know, like it's just going to be, it's going to sound like two different types of conversations because he's used to the conversation. Obviously he's used to talking to the media, but what you're talking about on the day to day with your coaching staff is going to sound totally different. Very true. And, and, you know, and I'm sure he wouldn't expect uh, anybody else to, you know, to, to know, you know, the intricacies of what they're doing from Coleman coach to the next on the same bench. Um, but, you know, in, in case you didn't see it or what he heard, he basically was like, Ramona Shelburne asked him um, about their strategy to make him into a score. And he basically did, not only dismissed her, but just sort of said, you know, that kind of question is for someone who doesn't know anything about the game. Basically the untra the untrained. He said the untrained eye. The, un the untrained eye. And, 
you know what? It's like, that's not true. It's a, it's a legitimate way to attack this thing and make, you know, I know other NBA coaches for a fact that guard them that way and make him into a score and do not let him, you know, don't help off and don't let him get going with the passing. And, it, and I know it's, and I've seen it work, but I can tell you, I can tell you right now uh, that that is the case, that that is how other NBA coaches uh, have strategized and, and found success against Denver. So um, it was silly that what he, how that played out. And I don't think, there, there had to be some sort of fundamental misunderstanding or miscommunication there. And Spolstra, you know, heard something different. So at any rate, uh, but uh, do we finish up with the, um, the thing uh, with the Daryl's question? Let's see here. Uh, but could Denver's approach be to make Adam out of Iowa score? score? Yeah. I, and by the way, I think that's a really good call. I think, uh, in fact, I wanted to just check this, the box score for Bam. Bam. Um, well, in game one, yeah. they were trading Bam two-pointers for, you know, Nuggets three-pointers a lot of the game, even though Bam was actually knocking them down. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And, but you know what? Bam is, is not great. Like, he's not polished down there a lot of the time in certain uh, instances. And they're seven for 21 tonight, which is really not good. And he got 22 points. But uh, if you see the other people, uh, you know, he had 21 field goal attempts. Butler had 24, which is good to see. And he had 11 of them. So that was good to see, even though I still felt like he didn't play that well. Uh, he had a stretch in there, maybe in the second or third quarter. So that, that he just was missing easy shots and did not look good um uh, you know around the other stuff that looked better from him so um yeah there's no question if you you know you want it banned this to shoot as much as you can get in the shoot without, without question you don't want the three-point guys shooting threes you don't want um you know any of that stuff so so that's that is certainly uh the way that i would approach it and it looks like that's what they're doing from the denver side I agree. all right let's um you know what chris is in here let's say hi to chris what's up chris hey guys how you doing can you hear me yes, yeah you sound great all right, um, all right. Well, you know what? J- jump in here, Chris. We're going to keep getting. We have so many super chats. We got to get through here quickly. Um, and I, it's so many that I can't even find where I left off. Here we go. Uh, and then the Drew show. Oh, my goodness gracious. Just to jump in there and say, my bad. I meant KPJ in the first chat. Uh, yes. KPJ. Is it me? MPJ? MPJ, not KPJ. Yeah, that's what we meant. Because KCP, <laughs> NPJ, Brown, Braun, whatever. It's a confusing mess. We're here to help you. Uh, so thank you. Thank yeah, you. He was confusing me. Now we got crypto and sorry for the delay crypto, but I hope you're still with us. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to answer the S H I T on this question. So thanks so much for the super chat. Wow. Extremely generous. Jokic was more effective tonight. Assist wise from what I saw. Well, let's go to the quick, uh, box score numbers here. Jokic had, um, let's see here. 10 assists. He had, a, uh, let's see a triple double with, um, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, 32 points, unstoppable, 12 for 21 from the field, one for two for three. Um, I mean, the reason why he shoots ridiculous from the three-point line is he doesn't take them unless he's wide open and can lick the thumb and check the wind, right? I mean, that's, that's you know, good shot selection, right? He probably should take at least two more a game, wouldn't you guys say? Yeah, yeah. I think he shoots when he's open, but that, you know, the actions he does with Murray might be even more effective than him even shooting that three that he has sometimes because – it's so dangerous. You know, sometimes they'll have nothing, and then Murray will just fly by and get a handoff from Jokic and make a tough three-pointer. For, he, it's like he makes something out of nothing. Yeah, you know he made like two or three tough mid-range shots off the, the Jokic handoff. Yeah. That yeah, they had yeah. nothing in that possession. It was and like he makes a, he right makes, yeah. He makes a tough shot look easy in the mid-range. Yeah. Three, Some yeah. of those assists were low shots, right? Like that, like yeah. he didn't have any hand in it, right? So then that's a great point. You know what we haven't really had, and I can't picture 
I, Jokic has had a couple of pretty good dimes, but we haven't had one for the ages. You know what I mean? I, I can't picture one really just the like the entire crowd just gasp, even when you're on the road when he does those, right? Um, I, I, we need a good, juicy, spicy one uh, for next game because it's just, you know, that, that's when we, everyone gets pumped up, right? The, a no-look lob from, you know, the mid-post to, I don't know. We've had a couple, but and they've been precise and pinpoint and, and good timing. But you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? We don't. We haven't had the Magic Johnson yeah. ones yet uh, in the half court. Yeah, I thought uh, Murray's passing was really good tonight. He passed. He was passing guys open, and when you start doing that, that's when the you, the defense can't really do nothing with you. Right. He had some really good passes. And, and by the way, what we keep ignoring or, or keep missing is that like he keeps matching assist for assist for Jokic. So I don't. I think they each had ten assists last game. Something, uh, something like that, maybe. Um, not last game. Not last game. Maybe it was game one. I, whatever it was, like it was yeah. like oh, or maybe no, maybe it was. Uh, Jokic did not have. Jokic had what four assists last game, yeah, but yeah. Murray had ten. So mm-hmm. I think this might be the this might be the only finals where you're going to have two teammates who average as many assists as they're averaging per game. I, we I, we can look that up. Well, I'll try and see if I can figure that out. Uh, I'm not sure if I can do it on Stathead, but. Um, that is an interesting thing where you don't normally have, you know, high volume assists from two guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. You usually don't have two two triple doubles by your two best players. Oh, did, he, did Murray get one too? Oh my God, yeah. he did. You know what? I did. I I just got YouTube TV and I'm just trying to figure it out. And I get behind like, do you guys know? Do you guys? Have it? So jumping ahead, are you watching it on your phone and casting, or are you using the app on the TV? I just use the app on the TV. So, okay, because for me, you know, you had to press press the button back and the button again. It's three buttons to jump back 15 seconds. Do you not have that? Are you have a Samsung? I have a Sony. Oh, so it doesn't happen. You can just press one button and it jumps back and it keeps playing? Oh, well, no, you do have to, to get back to live. Yeah, you have to keep going. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I, I'm talking about if you want to jump back. To, this is so – really quickly because maybe people can help me. I have, <laughs> I have a really – I've got a brand new, uh, you know, Samsung TV, and I am on the I'm on YouTube TV app. If I press back, I it would jump 15 seconds, but then it's paused. And then I got to press the button to make it play. So it's two buttons, or at least two. But that, that's what I had to do the other day was, or tonight was, pause, back, play, because it doesn't just jump back to play. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. I cast it from my phone YouTube TV to the TV, and on the on the mm-hmm. phone app it has that works. You can press jump back and it'll keep it'll start playing. But this autoplay yeah, thing doesn't good. work on the app on the anyway. So okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah, it's suboptimal. Yeah. Uh, I'm working on it, but at least I had a uh, a beautiful uh, picture. That said, you realize that it's not 4K, right? We we know that YouTube TV it's is not. And well, a lot of channels aren't 4K. A lot of streaming things aren't in 4K. Yeah. And, and 4K isn't worth it right now. Well, there's a way to look at the, um, you know, there's a stats for nerds setting on my TV, and it'll tell you what the resolution is. It's 720. So YouTube yeah. TV is broadcasting to 720. It looks, it looks good, but it's not even 1080. Like, that's that's nice. robbery. That's that's like taking, that's stealing my money. Anyway. I think right. on, I think on for Jets. <laughs> uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Brian Holiday, thank you so much uh, for the Super Chat. I really, really appreciate it, Brian. Do you think that MPJ and KCP struggling so much because Miami is doing such a good job of running shooters off the line? Better series, uh, Brown or Brown? Brown or Brown? Um, okay. 
do um you know i don't think that mpj is struggling from guys running him off i think he's getting good looks right yeah, yeah i, I don't think kcp's struggling either um i thought KCP, kcp played okay tonight i mean he was over three tonight um and one for four overall so you know he wasn't he okay. was a little bit off the one i like the one that he did hit that looked good but um but uh, I think for the series, I don't think KCP is, is struggling, struggling. We can look that up real quick. But um, for, his next qu- for his next yep. question, I'm going with uh, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce okay. the, reason, the, reason, the, reason, the reason why is if I only could have one of them for the rest of the series, it's Bruce, and it's not even close in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. This is, I mean, this, Bruce- is one game. this is one game, but Bruce is, man, Bruce is good. Yeah. Bruce plays with such intensity, like his intent, yeah. like you can see it on the court, like every play, every defense, on offense, like you can see it on his face. You can see the way he plays. He doesn't, no, Bruce. Bruce, like Bruce doesn't back down, like from anyone. He, he'll guard oh. anyone. But, he cuts okay, with purpose. I thought you were describing Christian too. Well, Christian, Christian did, he, he, he played really well tonight. Like he, he, his cuts, his, his defensive instincts, like he showed up in a, at a level I didn't think he could tonight, and he really saved. I mean, he was really for an eight minute stretch. He was beating Miami himself with his cuts and his ro- passes. He was out the rotation at one point in his playoffs. By the way, yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah. yeah, his shooting though, it's his corner shooting. It's his three. But you know, he, he has does, to be he, able to make it. He does do a good job of cutting through space when he's. Absolutely. You know what the tip yeah, for him yeah. would be. So we talk about shooting and, and, you know, none of the great shooters of all time, almost none of them shoot 10 toes of the rim square to the basket, right? We all, a version of a turn. And I found that a lot of times in the corners, guys will still kind of get square and they struggle with their alignment that way. And when you really get in the turn, uh, it really, really, really helps. I was just working with a a seventh grader on that. And he was like, yeah, I I just, I can't ever hit them. I'm like, okay, point your feet more toward me. And all of a sudden, like the swish was so loud (laughs) when he hit it uh that i didn't even i we couldn't even believe it and then he was much more consistent so I, I would almost say especially in that left corner for a righty um you know you, your feet need to turn like toward toward the stanchion or maybe even more that's a weird thing to do when the ball's coming from the other way most of the time and uh if you can drill that in there i'm telling you if you're listening christian uh that i think that would help uh you know severely even though we saw him hit the backboard on that one um when you get the proper alignment it gets it straighter uh, versus just when you're trying to square and you're going across your body, that's when it can spray left or right either any either way. So, um, all right, do we so do we cover all of that? Let's see here. I think so. Yeah. I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to break out and it's going to be ugly for the. Um, yeah, he's going to have a game. The, he's going to. Yeah, he he needs one game. He needs just yeah. one. And that's why there was a moment he broke down the court uh, on a fast break, and I thought that he's going to get a dunk out of it. And I thought, okay, he's going to get a dunk, and that's going to like shake everything up. Where it's you know we usually see that a shooter just gets an easy bucket and then they get going. And he didn't get it. They they the the, uh, the fast break got ordered. Uh, yeah. But um, but uh, he just needs one to go down, and one of them he had was halfway down and out. So if, in and if out. That yep. happen again, yeah. He's going to have. I'll bet you he'll have. If that if it happens, if he makes that one or that first couple. Uh, he's, he can have a 30 point game. It's going to be you know crazy. Um, okay. Let's get to Felipe Felipe from R. I wonder where R is. Do we have no, what, what would R be a rupee? Are we maybe from India? Ooh, he's, he, he's getting into but, an interesting Felipe. conversation here. Yeah. I don't know if there's many people named Felipe that live in India, but Hey, listen, it's a good name. Uh, if you put CP three in D place, are the Lakers in the finals? 
No. Um, uh, a healthy CP3 that's like still active and moving and whatever. Uh, you know, D'Lo did get to a bad place by the end, but he was so helpful for them before that. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't think so. I, they got swept. It wasn't like, a, you know, you can add that, add that nice. position and that does it for them. They, they needed so, a better play than Anthony Davis all around anyway. So we're about to get to the news, right, that the Phoenix basically, they waived them. Well, it's other discussions. Well, yeah, yeah. It's discussions now with like either waving him, stretching him, trading him, stuff like that. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, once that happens, you're usually on your way out. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely on his way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Actually, no, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and why is he on his way out? Because he breaks down and um, he's probably a little bit of a headache. <laughs> Although he's probably a good leader too, but I think he's a bit of a headache. And um, they uh, they need to upgrade that position without question. But that's the interesting question. Without without him, like, what are they going to run with? I mean, campaign ain't going to get you there. Uh, I like campaign, you know, off the bench, but uh, they need to find a starting quality point guard. So the Celtics were the first team that came to mind when I realized CP3. Everyone's saying that. For me personally, I don't, I don't that's what. Even, I mean, they need a point guard, but like, okay, but Jalen every, Brown wouldn't be that guy. Is that what I mean, you're thinking? Like, you want to get Jalen Brown into the Phoenix Suns? No, what I'm saying is CP3 could be the point guard for the for the um, Celtics because they always. I mean, they kind of lack a traditional point guard, even though there hardly is any more traditional point guards anymore. Like somebody yeah. that could set the table for them because they don't really have I, I anybody like. That. I mean, I, I wouldn't. If I was like a, a championship team or almost there, I, I don't think he. I, I wouldn't risk it, you know, or not risk it, but I. W- I just don't know if it's worth it. I feel like you can't rely on him at this point anymore. Well, Celtics need to do something. I'll tell you that they got to make some moves. I think. Uh, from what I'm hearing, it's just moves on the fringes. Nothing, nothing major. That, I mean, that's a fringe. That's a fringe yeah. move at this point, in a way. Yeah. Well, like. Yeah. Yeah. Is trading Marcus Smart major or a fringe? Um, it depends who who's available. He's their heart and soul coach, Nick. They they need to trade him. Uh, they need to trade him. I think that would do a lot. I'm Yo, telling you. Did, it's, did you uh, think- listen, I, and I like I like that he's done better and and he's figured some things out. But uh, he's just too erratic. You can't have that guy the heart and soul of your team as a starter. You can't. It's not. And it, I mean, you can. You're just not going to get where you want to go. It's uh, that's. I hate it. It's, I don't want to be that guy. But it's been years of doing this and and, and watching it. And uh, I had, there's too much. Inf- there's too much evidence at this point. I so. thought he. W- I thought he would sway you in his direction when he dyed his hair green. I thought you'd be like, oh, okay, now, now I'm a Mark, <laughs> now I'm a Marcus Smart guy. Almost. It, it, he got me closer. I got closer, but uh, and then you know, and only to be then he changed the color again. Um, okay, let's get to. Um, Felipe, Felipe is back. Well, thank you so much, Felipe. CP3 is a free agent. What would the, be the best? Oh, I think it's if, see, whatever he is. He's not a, a free agent, right? If well, they waive him, he will be a free agent. Oh, okay, Fran, if they waive him. What would be the best destination for him? Okay, so let's, we kind of talked about this again. You think it's uh, Boston. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I think it might be, you know, next to a pool, sipping pina coladas. But what do you about you, Chris? Table setter. Don't you guys think the Celtics need a table setter? Sure. Yeah, but let Brogdon start. Get, trade smart, upgrade something, and let Brogdon be that position. I, I mean, Brogdon, Brogdon is more. Brogdon can't do it, but Brogdon's more of a score first than CP3 is. Yeah, CP3. He can do it. Bro, I yeah. have faith in Brogdon. I do too. I do too. I don't think that's a bad Hopefully option. Is what you're saying, yeah. uh, but Chris, what do you think? Where should he go? Uh, Memphis. Ooh. Okay. 
kind of plug the hole for uh, a little while until they uh, until Jaw gets Memphis, back. Yeah, Memphis is is what towards the bottom of the league in half court offense during the regular season. I think he could probably help with that, right? Professional. But you realize what's going to happen next year, right? Yeah, he's he's suspended. Wait, you talking about Jaw? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, he's probably suspended for like 30, 40 games probably. Oh, okay. I'm thinking it's 50, but either way. 50? Uh, okay. You think, that do, you would th- be... do you think 50 games would be the right punishment? Oh, you know what? Um, it sounds it, – it, doesn't it sound like there's more that we don't know? Yeah, that they said they're going to reveal, so. 50, we'll is a, 50 is a lot. I mean, I mean, listen, I totally get the argument. Like, it's not illegal to own – I mean, if he legally owns a gun, it's not illegal to do what he did. Uh, however, just, <laughs> there is the yeah. image that you, you agree to live up to in your contract. So that is a big problem, too. And listen, if, if it were up to me, I would outlaw every gun across the entire world. Like, I would not – I wouldn't want no, any, any guns ever, again, allowed. So I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm on whatever side that is of this. But, um, you know, but you're right. So it's 50 games. I, mean, I think the problem ends up being that, like, he already went through this once and they, they've kind of made it. Exactly. That, you know, whether or not he liked it or not, like, you know, he did it, did it again. This friend really tried to save him. It was one frame, right? One frame caught him. One frame. One frame. And, um, did but, did but, you guys no, see the new report from his from his camp? Yeah, it was a toy gun. It was a toy gun. <laughs> They're trying to say it's a toy gun. That's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to identify guns like that, so I, I can't tell you. But it looked pretty real to me. I don't know. Um, anyhow, and who, who's one? Who? What adult is running around in their car with a, with a toy gun? Anyway, imagine Coach uh, Nick did a video, uh, like tried to decipher if it was a toy gun or not. Yeah, I, I would be scared about it. if I were driving around in the car and I'm like waving a gun around. I would be scared that someone I mean, else. That's dangerous. That's dangerous, even if it is a toy, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I won't even honk my horn anymore at somebody if uh, on the road. Okay, so that's like yep. that's rad. Okay, uh, Ryan Creeps. Thank you so much, Ryan. Sorry for the delay, but we're catching up slowly but surely. Fake hook shot to lob to Gordon wasn't magic. Wait, I missed that. When did he do that? Fake hook <laughs> shot lob to Gordon. Did he do that in the first quarter? And, I okay. There's the Bam putback that was awesome. Um, I don't remember a lob to Gordon. Wow, I'm blanking. Maybe this is in game. It's probably not tonight's game. Maybe it was game oh. one or two, but okay. I don't think that happened tonight. Yeah. All right. Then, then, then that might be it. Um, okay. So it, that's sort of familiar. I, I can't even picture it right now, but okay. Uh, I'm just thinking even like, you know, in years past we had, and maybe we just got so used to it. Maybe that's the problem with Jokic is just, you're used to it. All the no look stuff, but it just feel like he, he might've been a little bit more like courageous or creative with some of that stuff. I mean, there used to be ones where he'd throw these quick, like a lob pass from the post over his shoulder, like no look, you know, and to a guy cutting like that kind of just outrageous stuff. Um, you know, the kind of stuff that we saw like Shengun do this year, right? Like, you know, who's yeah. rapidly trying to catch up to him and in, in creativity. So he'll, I'm sure he'll give us one, but I really want one, you know, just one for the ages just to kind of put his stamp on the finals and, and, uh, and the finals MVP. Yeah. Chad's saying game two. I think those shots, I think what we remember this playoff run will probably be some of those like shots that he made over AD. You know, that'll always come back in history. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, one, the one-legged. Those right, two threes are insane. Let's <laughs> oh, uh, oh, actually, okay. One, okay, so Felipe. So we have one more here uh, from Ven. Here we go. Ven, CP3 should just join LBJ at this point. Ooh. Well, we already discussed that. I mean, hmm. By the way, can I can we can we can we have a minute to throw some shade on a player who I've thrown plenty of shade on in the past? Because 
So I'm, I'm, I'm prepping a thing, by the way. So I, I have this app, right, where you can design plays. I wonder if I can quickly show it to you. You know what? Can I, is it plugged in here? No, it's not. But um, here, it's this. Um, yeah, and I, I tweeted this out. So you see this app here? It's called Assist. And it's a, there. Uh, come on. You had it. Hey, anyway, there you go. And if I hit play, it, it animates. Oh, this is the, uh, is this good? It diagrams the play. Yeah, and it moves, right? It's called Assist. Cool. And the NBA teams use it on, their, on the bench. It's really cool. It makes it fun. I'm building a whole uh, library that you're going to be able to, you know, subscribe to, be part of the, a, member, a membership, free, whatever. But um, as a result, I'm going through a lot of ATOs. So, you, so when you get there, every team, you're going to have at least 10 plays that they run from, from this past year. So I'm like, all right, let's just grab the Clippers from the playoffs. Let's just do that. And um, I got to tell you, um, Russ was so bad in the playoffs just in the out of timeout plays that i was like I, I was getting angry i literally was getting angry and let's maybe we can talk about this for a second because he's a free agent so and i and by the way i get it the clippers only had to pay him half a million bucks right take a flyer on him middle of the season to see what happens and they had some injuries so it, they needed some bodies he whatever um who signs him who That's anybody the clippers maybe question. To what though? Isn't like, their salary like crazy? All I could tell you is that because I don't let the Clippers have. I mean, obviously they have they have the right. They could go over the salary cap to sign him because he's already on their team. But I think don't. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but they're not going to want to get in the salary or you know beyond that with Russ. Like that's not a guy you pay a luxury tax on. Um, I'm worried. I'm a little bit worried about him because. You know, if you look at what happened with the Lakers after they got after they traded him or cut him, whatever, no, they traded him, right, to Utah and they cut him. Um, you know what I mean? It speaks volumes, right? And I know the Clippers were really shorthanded and desperate, and they, you know, they got rid of the wrong people, in my opinion, uh, anyway, on their trade deadline. But um, th- this is a guy who is like kind of laid waste to the teams he's been on the last couple, of, you know, times. So, do you think that anyone's going mean, to? Is it possible he might not get signed? It's possible, but don't you think it was good with the Wizards and the Clippers? It did not look good at the Clippers. I think that there were moments of the Clippers where we saw something, you know, and when he first got there, right, remind me, it was like, it was like, oh, hey, look, let's remind. But then I, I can, I, let me tell you, if I gave you an edit from what I, just from what I saw from the out-of-time-out uh, out plays, um, you know, and then you combine that with what he did with the Lakers earlier in the year, I, I, if I were a GM, I would – you know, if it, maybe if it was a vet minimum, I, I, otherwise, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Yeah. I think defensively towards the end, in the, going into the playoffs, I think he, he played well. He played KD well. He played Kawhi well. Or was it Kawhi? No, no, no. When he was on the Lakers, he was playing Kawhi. Right. <laughs> he was okay. playing Kawhi well. But uh, versus the Suns, he was playing KD well. He was getting bats and lanes. Defensively, I think he was okay. He wasn't like a statue out there. Um, yeah, okay. Offensively, it's when the ball's in his hands, he can be okay. His athleticism, you, you do see it in spurts, but the ATLs and stuff like that is mm, no. Right. And by the way, that that's sort of a good example because you're, you're you're having you're trying to run a set right to get a good shot. And, yeah. and he doesn't, you know, now maybe you want to say he wasn't there, didn't know the plays but well enough. And so he was torpedoing it that way. But uh, the decision making and the finishing at the basket and the shooting, it, it was all on display. And, and he took so many of those shots when I went through, you know, 50 of them. He took 
you know, 20 <laughs> in the playoffs. Maybe so it seemed like that. And they turned the ball over five times. Like half of the plays were either missed terrible misses or turnovers. It was, it was crazy. So um, it, it, by the way, that's not a really great way to, you know, evaluate a player. I, I will fully admit it. Uh, and I'm, I know what you're saying, Chris, I'll, I will find uh, evidence. And I did see a couple where he got the basket. It looks great. Laid it in. But we all know the feeling you get right when he gets close to the basket, he's going to shoot it. We're all like, you know, you kind of cower a little bit and you're like, oh, is, you know, you don't know if it's going to go in or not. Co- Coach, you should look and see how many times he missed the layup, fell down and didn't get back on defense. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. So it's a problem. I, I also wonder like the locker room stuff, too. I feel like there's uh, an issue. I, you might not get anybody on the record to talk about that or off the record at this point, but um well, well there, there was a report that said that when he would have a good game he's happy um but they would lose the team would lose yeah but when they he had a bad game and the team won he'd be upset and mad in the locker room like that was a real report that came yeah. out I, I mean listen we, the, the guy the, the guy had two years or three years uh, uh playing on a team where uh everything was geared to get him a triple double and he that was all that was Right. Yeah. And he would steal rebounds to do it. And then, and, or they would let him steal rebounds. It was like, yeah, everyone's yeah. on board. I, that's really cool, you know, uh, for them to do that. But uh, it probably cost Stephen Adams some money, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, that's how he is. That's how he functions. And it's, um, it's, it's, you know, the kind of thing where I don't, that's why I don't think, I know a young team, they wouldn't really want him. I don't think he doesn't fit there. I mean, the young teams are up and coming. And, you know, if you're already a really good team, he, he's not that piece that you're going to add. And if you just have him out there, like a Mitch Richmond, when he went to the Lakers, remember that he didn't play and they, he got a, he got a ring. He just, he was a good soldier. He didn't say anything. I, I, I have a hard time picturing Russ at this point of his career doing that. Like, I, I don't think he would be a, a good soldier uh, in the locker room uh, as a guy who would play every, every once a week or whatever. So anyway, I, I hijacked Ben's question. I'm forgive me, but, um, but should we put a button on that one? You know, should he just, should he go to the Lakers? No. Okay. Uh, well, they want Kyrie, right? That's what they're 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 targeting. No, Kyrie wants LeBron to come to Dallas. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I kind of saw that. Um, I'm not fired. I quit. <laughs> like, I don't. Um, gosh, I mean, but Dallas can't do that, right? As I was in that reading article, like, there's just no way they can sustain that uh, that salary, right? I heard there's always a way you could do something. There's always a way. When, there, when there's a will, there's a way. How about that? No, wait, remind me. Is LeBron a free agent right now? No, he got one more year. But LeBron isn't leaving. His son just went to USC. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, so it's got to be the other way around. I mean, listen, if I were a Cuban, I would probably trade Kyrie if I get some good stuff back. But who would you get? you get, like, Austin Reeves? But, but what, if the, what if the Mavs can pull off getting Draymond? Who? Draymond. Wow. Um, I don't know. Why, why, why would Dray want to go there? Oh, it's oh in terms of a trade. Yeah, right. Um, wow. Now, and, and that could happen only because you know if Bob Myers is now gone, right? Yeah. And there was probably that kind of thing where, like, don't worry, Dream, I won't ever trade you. That kind of thing. That is interesting. Um, well, gosh, I mean, what would the even? I guess it would be Powell, and um, you know, it would probably be a bad trade for the Warriors, even though I think it might not be the worst idea to kind of move on a little bit. I hate to say it because he's he give Kaminga the minutes. What do you do? You, well, do you, you think they'd lean on lean into Kaminga and and um, I would ask, I would ask for Jay and Hardy in that in that trade. Well, I would say this: if 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 uh, if that's what happens, it's a roster where like Kaminga and uh, 
well, they don't have Wiseman. That's too bad, but they had him. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the way, Pat Baldwin would be another guy who probably could contribute uh, in, in, the, in that way. He doesn't. That guy can shoot. Sense. That yeah. guy can Baldwin. shoot. He can yeah. shoot. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, you okay, give him a different okay. dimension offensively, which would be a positive, uh, even though they wouldn't have the passing that Draymond brings them. But defensively, they would suffer so much that I just don't I know. Mean, in the play, should. in the playoff, what, what could Patrick Baldwin be next year? I think he's like a project who could shoot, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. so but I will tell you this if 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 that's what happens going into next year, I, I wonder how long you know Steve Kerr is gonna stay there then because, um. You know, having to rely on those guys, I don't. I, I, they tried it a little bit. It wasn't working at all this year for whatever reason. He, yeah, he he hopped on uh, Draymond's podcast a few days ago, and he kind of alluded to he wants you know uh, <laughs> old guys, not not young guys who complain and that they're not getting minutes and you know starting all that stuff. He did, he did, and and you know you don't have to read between the lines there, right? We all know what he was talking yeah. about, right? Yep, 100%. And it wasn't just like, you know, Jordan Poole. It was, I think, all those it guys. Was I think, all of them. Yeah. That, that's why it was like the Miss so, Richmond example, or even Bielitsa, right? When they had Bielitsa and they had uh, Porter, you know, those guys, it was up and down. Their playing time was all over the place. And then sure enough, when like in the playoffs, when they needed them, they were starting and they were like contributing major yeah. minutes. And they didn't, you know, they were just good teammates. Then they, you know, were, 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 were fine with their roles. And that's – uh that's something that lo- they, they clearly lost. And I think that the locker room uh, lacked harmony. And that was probably as big a reason as anything else for why they ended up fizzling out. The, way the, they did. the two timeline thing backfired, just backfired a year late. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it yeah. I was all in. I, I thought for sure that Moody was ready and Kaminga was ready and that Wiseman was going to be you know ready too. Uh, it's very, it was the Wiseman thing. I'm telling you, they're going to realize it was a mistake. I think he's going to come in. Uh, next year, Monty is going to get him uh, involved in the Pistons offense in a way that, like, I think, I, 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 yeah. But I like Duran more than Wiseman, I think. How do you, you play like? both those bigs? Jalen Duran. Duran. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you do? I don't know. I, I, I would have confidence that he would, uh, that Wiseman will come in and, and get the, get minutes. And, and really perform. I, I don't. I mean, we saw enough of that, right, in the last 15, 20 games of the season. Uh, at yeah. least for me, uh, you know, give him a full training camp. Uh, I mean, the guy is just too good. The guy can move too well, and he's too big to not be able to, you know, to, to not get serious minutes um, every game. I, 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 you know, maybe, but I, I would, I would be surprised. How, does, how do you feel he reads the game? Well, um, too slow. You know, he's very thoughtful in that way, and he's trying, you know, and perhaps that's what slows him down, right, because he's really thinking instead of reacting. Um, he did have that yeah. th- that time with Draymond in his ear that whole time. That's, that should help something. Um, and, and maybe being away from that will let him kind of just get a little more free. I- I'm assuming you mean defensively, right, Combo? No. Yeah. Both. Oh. Both sides. Yeah, no. both sides. Well, there's nothing to read both. on offense. He's set the screen, roll, post up. But he know. would – he, he – the Warriors' offense is always you have read to wait for the better shot. Yeah, it's read and reacting. You have to wait for the better shot, and he wouldn't wait for the better shot. He would just take the first shot available. Right, and it just you just can't do that. Same thing with Kelly Oubre. Like Kelly Oubre took the first shot available. He didn't wait. He didn't screen for for Steph when Steph was running baseline. Like that's why they had to get him both out of there. Like it's. Uh, you're not yeah. do that. And, then, and also because they use the low post so much, right? Uh, yeah. 
get Steph and Clay open and other shooters open. So, um, and Delo too, right, Chris? You can take advantage of that if you if you wanted to, which is what Wiseman, I guess, was doing. But I didn't. I still didn't even feel like the way. I'm telling the first five games of last year. Wiseman was just him and Divincenzo had this thing going on. He was rolling. It, it looked great. And then one game, and then it was over. It's still the weirdest thing to do. Like, <laughs> tell all book to come out about it because something happened there. Um, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden the light years, uh, you know, culture wasn't there. Uh, but then again, it wasn't that much different than what happened with the Harrison Barnes when they ran him out of town, too. Although, you know, well, but because we, we well, might forget. Before the KD thing completely happened, uh, Harrison Barnes, I think, missed a couple threes in one of those finals games. And like a couple? the whole world turned on him like uh, with a cloud. He missed, all he had to do was shoot like 33% and they win the series. <laughs> I don't think he – if you go back, why? You don't think he shot that for the series? No, he missed everything. I'm he, telling I, you, I remember looking at this. It wasn't as bad, but let's – we'll go – we'll do it real quick. Uh, what year was the 2015? 2015, 2016. Oh, 2016. All right. So here, real quick. All right. Let's just do this because we're going to wrap this up here. Uh, 15, 16. Um, they lost to Cleveland. Okay. Here's the series stats. Ready? What do you, what Harrison Barnes. Watch them when I get on my face, but let's see here. Uh, Harrison Barnes um, for the series shot 30, uh, oh, 31%. Okay. But I think I think he shot fine on a lot of those games. And then let me open this up real quick. And then maybe the first game. three, maybe the first three, he shot decent. And then after that, it fell off a cliff. Right. All right. So here it is, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. All right. So he went over two, over two. I mean, he wasn't oh, taking right. any threes really. This is all for three. Then game three was two for five. Game four, he was four for five. Right. Hey, it was great. And then games, uh, no, that was game four. Game game five. Game four. Game five, he was one for six, I think, and then 0 for five in the next game. So, okay, it was up and down. And then mm-hmm. uh, and then he went 0 for eight. That must have been it. Game six must have been the thing I'm thinking about. He only played 16 minutes, um, you know, and then the cloud. But then the next game, he was two for four. He played 30, 30 minutes, and he was fine again. And it was, certainly wasn't his fault that they lost that game seven. So, anyway, I, I, it was bizarre. Uh, Barnes, we're talking about Harrison Barnes, in case you're wondering in the in the chat, people are asking. Sorry. Um, anyway, so that wow, we went a lot of places that I wasn't expecting to go to tonight. We talked about Russ, I didn't think we were going to talk about, and Harrison Barnes. Um, anything else we got to cover before uh, the, we leave? I feel like there was some other information besides CP3 um, that we were going to have to react to. No. Um, There's other news, wasn't there? I, there was other news, but I did want to bring up the Heat one. Uh, the game two and they made 17 threes and they won by three. And I don't think that was sustainable. Like if you're going to make 17 threes, I think you should win by a substantial margin and they only won by three. So I don't think that was a good sign for them because they needed every single one of those threes. Yeah. Well, by the way, did you see the disparity tonight? Exactly. They shot, what was it? Five, five for 18 nuggets did. And the heat made 11. I'm telling you, the record of a team that makes six or more threes on the other team is 70-something percent. It's an anomaly. And again, why? Okay, we combo, what's the difference here? Um, By the way, the fouls were troubling. Uh, And I know both teams were upset, but if I were the Nuggets, I thought I had a lot more to complain about uh, as far as that goes. There was a lot of stuff. The first half? Ignored. Yeah, the first half was super physical, super physical. Also, when when you make more shots, there's less cross matchups. When you, make um, more, when you make more shots, I'm sorry, there's less cross-masters. Yeah. What do you yeah. mean by that? 
that when you miss a lot of shots, it'll get helter skelter on the way back, and that's what happened with Aaron Gordon in the first. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when they made shots in the second game, it made it easier for them defensively. Exactly, because yeah. they you could set up the defense. Yeah, okay, gotcha. But uh, you know, free throws. Um, I mean, let's see, Nuggets had it, an advantage there a little bit, uh, or you know, a lot. But that's you know. Um, I, I do think that the Nuggets are doing a good job. Even the rookie, like um, Brown, he's staying down on Jimmy's pump fakes. Like he yeah. is not, no one a- is jumping. Aaron Gordon's doing really good at that too, man. Him yeah. too. Yo, no he's, one there, is jumping. he's He's one of the best defenders in the league, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the Nuggets turned the ball over 13 times and, and uh, he'd only turned it over four. That was the one thing that kept the game a little bit closer. They kind of get that 11, 12 point lead and they throw the ball away. That yeah. Jamal Murray pocket pass to nobody it was like ridiculous. It was almost yeah, like, are we trying to keep the fans more involved? And so it's not a blowout earlier. Um, so that is, um, that was uh, weird and they need to clean that up as well. Now, the reason why it's not killing them is that it's the heat. Unfortunately, the heat are not, um, you know, there are other teams. I, I think that they would give them a lot, uh, a lot more trouble uh, than the heat can. I think they're just, you know, the, the they're here. They're kind of lucky they're here. And, you know, it's a great story. Um, but, you know what I mean? They just don't have an answer. Jokic is just too good. Murray is just too good. There isn't anything they can do. They didn't go to the zone enough, I'll tell you that. As as um, there's a stretch there when Jokic put his, you know, finger on the scale or whatever, he put his foot down. They kept playing the same defense every time down. And they needed to change it up and switch it. I don't know why they didn't go to zone. I think they went to it in the third quarter, right? Was it a little bit? They they went to like a one three one or something like that, or something. Yeah, some form of that. But but I you mean, know that wasn't it wasn't enough. I thought. But look at the points in the paint, though the disparity. Jesus, sixty to thirty four. Yeah. Well, there's your answer right there. As you're, far not, as you're not going to win a game if you allowed 60, 60 points in the paint. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great point because, you know, we always talk about the three-point, you know, the three-ball as a great equalizer, but not not at that level. Now, by the way, you could give up 60 points in the paint if you're getting 45, I think, maybe. But what do they get? Yeah. How many do they have? 30, 34. Like, that's so, uh, so they had 11. Well, what, what was the points of the paint? Di- but what was the points of the paint difference in game two? Um, Because, like, they were trading twos for threes, you know, in that one. And it worked. That's why the night. game was closer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, we, we all said that the Nuggets were going to win this series. We yeah. all, I, we all probably said that, you know, game two was the one that the Heat were going to get, right? That if they're going to get one, it's going to be that one. But it's funny when they get that one, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be a long series. It's, a, it's like a crazy overreaction every game, right? Right. So, look, the point I wanted to make in the very beginning of the show, which is now I guess I'll make now, is that this, this Denver team has had a solid 15 point leads in every game so far. <laughs> I think I saw you, know, you, I think I saw you tweet that, right? Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing about this game is the Heat had 34 points in the paint, right? Game two, they had 34 as well. They just made 17 threes. That yeah, was- that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's they insane. Made, the Heat made 11. To, oh, I see. So then an extra six. That's 18 more points. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean. I, 17 threes, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, so back to like the – um. To the Ramona Shelburne Spo thing, like they were taking away the three point shot and just letting Jokic cook in a way, right? Not letting him cook; he's going to cook no matter what. But that's kind of what they were doing. They were playing the math game. Um, yeah, I I also don't think Jokic was waiting. It wasn't. I don't want to say patient because he, he's a patient player, but I think 
he was just attacking whoever was on him. He was like, the team isn't really playing, connecting basketball, the passes and everything. He's just, I'm just going to score. And he did score. He scored on whoever was on him. Yeah. No, there's, and there was that one stretch there. We might have made like three or four or five in a row. And, and yeah. You could tell. yeah. And, and that's, that's the sign of a great player where he's just like, you know, I, I'm going, I am now going to dictate this game for a while. And uh, that's all I needed yeah. to do. There's no answer for that. And I, I don't think that's Bo adjusted well enough either. They need it. At those moments, you got to come up with something else defensively than what they were doing. Yeah. And they just tried to like wait it out, I guess. And uh, you could tell right from that first one, once they got that 10, 11 point lead, it, that this one felt different. I feel like to me for some reason, um, I think that maybe there might've been a moment again, it was that pocket pass when he, when Murray throws it away and they went yeah. out and run out. That that was the only time where I felt like, oh, they're gonna do it again, right? And then mm-hmm. it very quickly ended, you know. And by the way, with with five minutes to go, the game was over. You know, they were not; they were already yeah. down by uh, well, seven minutes to go. It was over. <laughs> yeah, they were not going to score fifteen points in five minutes in the game. So, and then that means that the Nuggets wouldn't have scored at all. You know, they'd already exactly. won the game. So, uh, you know, it's work. it's a troubling thing uh, if I were a Heat fan, a Heat fan, but also just a, a wild, awesome ride that they you need to start enjoying. Uh, as it starts to come to an end do you both this is for both of you guys have you seen a player who has like close to or better touch than Jokic? no <laughs> the well, way the ball well, just... I, mean, I mean bird had bird had great touch but yeah i think, I think Jokic is the best right. i've seen let's talk about it because i've been trying to sort of figure this out i tweeted about it last game i did it again just before we went live you might have missed it so he someone said water polo right he played water polo Mm-hmm. And with water polo, there's you, you see them do this, you know, like sideways, you know, this back and forth. Can you see this? Yeah. yeah. Do this. And he's got that. The ball starts at the top of his head and then it goes away from him and then he flicks it. Right. But he doesn't flick the wrist all the way. It's the finger pads that push it like that. Can you see that? Can I can I show this? The finger yeah. pads are what end up influencing it. And I'm telling you, it's that kind of control. So it's almost like he's throwing it. Like you can almost see it because it goes from here to there, like, a, like you're throwing. And then the, the wrist flick only from there to there. Let's see if you can see. From there to there, right? And I'm telling you, it's the finger pads eh, here that are really giving you the most push on it. So I want to try and play with this because I think that, you know, that if this is the elusive thing that big men have never been able to master because – you know, you see how many big men who don't have touch because they're so big, they're so strong, and they're up high. But he has this, more touch. He has more touch than any guard ever. Yeah, and I and and, and we need. I need to go find a water polo coach right now. And does he have more? Does, does he have more touch than Steve Nash? I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, but when you see him shoot those, <laughs> he doesn't have to jump, right? He almost oh, like really? stands still when he shoots it over his head thing, and it hits that rim so soft and rolls in. He had a, he, at least one or two of those. Uh, like you know, four or five. About being a big man, you're trained to go up strong, right? So how are you supposed to like go really strong and hard? And all of a sudden, now I'm in the air. I'm like, oh crap! I got to release this soft. Like that's really hard to do, if not impossible. So that is what he's been doing. And so again, it's this whole thing about the ball, like the hand behind it, and then it rotates a little bit to the side, and then there's the the finger pad, and then you don't flick it all the way. Kareem would shoot a sky hook, and he would the wrist would would finish all the way. It would flex all the way. Yeah. Just not that, and um, it's it's just been fascinating to watch. Uh, and again, uh, water polo. I think that there's something to it. You may be onto something. Yeah, I know. I played. Do you ever play water polo? 
in in gym class one year i didn't one of my semesters i didn't run i didn't play a sport so i had to go to gym it's crazy and we had inner tube water polo you ever do you ever know you ever play that so and so we were into inner tubes right and we had a water polo and you know the goal if you've never seen it that goal is pretty damn big and the dude Mm -hmm. who's supposed to be a goalie is just floating right he can't it's, it's i don't know how you're supposed to really play and I could stand at the mid, in the middle of the pool and just fire the thing up in the, you know, in the upper corner. They could never stop it. So um, I could see that, like the notion of throwing, it's not like a baseball where you can hold the ball, you know, it's a bigger ball in that basketball mold. So I could see how you, that would be the, what you develop, that kind of release from that. Um, so uh, I got to, I, we got to track Jokic down uh, in Sambor somewhere this summer and find more about this. Cause I'm telling you th- this might be it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a great core workout, throwing passes around the pool while you're treading water. Can't be bad for you. Yeah, exactly. And it's, but it's this thing here, this thing, you know. Well, go watch motion. water ball. You'll see that they do this. They they're swimming, but like it goes back and forth, back and forth, and then they they it they looks it, it looks it. like it looks like Jelly Fam a little bit. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a little of that too. He's got all of it. So anyway, well, listen, it's late for you guys. Uh, I'm worried about you combo because you got you get, you're you're tired, and uh, I don't want you to have to see. You need your rest. Chris, you're young. You don't need to rest, but we'll, we'll, we'll let you get there, too. Uh, anyway, thank you all for being part of the show tonight. Uh, all the super chatters, I mean, really just can't thank you enough. It was really amazing, uh, especially all the people multiples. Uh, it really helps us keep the show going. I can't wait to get to the next one for game four. Uh, guess what? In game five, I'm going to be having to broadcast live with a new sponsor. And we're going to be giving away stuff maybe or selling stuff. I don't know what we're doing yet. We're going to figure it out. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have somewhere where I'm going to be watching the game live and, and having a good time. So is it, is it playback? Well, maybe we can make it into playback. I got to see if they if I do it there or they need me to have it on like some one of their platforms. I, I, it's in flux, but it will happen um, for game five. But game four, we'll be here at the, uh, the post game show. But maybe we can do a playback with just us talking during the show. I, we'll, we'll, combo, we'll talk about that and we'll see. Um, cause apparently playback, you can't quite see the game anymore for right now, but they're bigger and better things are coming really soon. So, all right, let's, um, we'll, we'll call this one a night, but thank you guys all for being here. Great crowd, great questions, great comments. And, uh, we'll see you here again on Friday night uh, after game four. And don't forget sports fans and people all breakdown. We're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in guys? Yes, sir. 